Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. Okay, so today we're going to be opening the book of Philippians. We closed in the Lord's Prayer last week. Thankfully, the service wasn't canceled this week, but we're going to be opening in the book of Philippians. I'm going to go through in like a weird way, weirder than normal, Philippians 1, where we'll be talking about Paul's letter to the people of Philippi. Um, Our God statement is God is joy. Can everyone say God is joy? And so when I was studying for this message, there was a resounding feeling in my spirit that was like, there's so much happiness. How much, okay, actually, question. How many of you in the Christian faith here in church have been like the Christian lifestyle kind of seems boring or really hard and just like, you're like, yeah, thanks, Jack. Um, It's just been difficult. Tell me if this is like, sometimes it's not sunflowers, rainbows and butterflies and everything. Thank you, multiple of you. Great, which is great. But Paul is here saying like, there is more to it and there is joy in the midst of this like walk of faith, this walk with Christ, there's joy. And so that's just the premise of this whole thing. Um, But I'm gonna kind of split Philippians one up into three sections, so bear with me. If you guys are taking notes, it'll be very easy to take notes on. It'll be a little bit of a Bible study style message, but we're going to jump in. Um, Is everyone good? I straight, okay, backstory. I've had so much coffee today, so I can't see clearly. (laughs) Um, I also, there is this, this is a total side note. I was in desperation years and years and years ago, and there was this lady preacher who was like, oh, I was just writing my message on the plane. I didn't have any time in my life and that was the only time. And I was sitting there like totally judging her. Like, how do you not have time in your life to, to like prepare a message before you preach at a conference? Like, that's a big deal to me. Like, if, even if you're trying to like say something in front of your class, you're like rehearsing it beforehand. Well, that's where I found myself this weekend. I went to go visit my friend and she is, well, I love my friend, Ashley. Um, and she's helping me like prepare this message, but then I get on a flight and I'm flying standby. And so there's like hours in the airport where I was like, am I gonna get on a flight or not? So then I get on the flight and I start writing this whole thing out. So I totally got like, the Lord's like, for like judging that lady. And I was like, okay, thanks God. Which is like, every time I've judged someone, the Lord's definitely put me in my place. So just watch out. I judge people who wore skinny jeans. And, and Converse. If any of you wear Converse. Most of you are in like Air Force Ones that are $5,000, so good for you. Okay, letter from Paul. Paul is writing to his brothers and sisters in Christ. So really all of you, Paul is writing this letter to because he's like, I love you guys. And he's writing for multiple reasons. One reason being like, hey, I got the gift that you guys sent me, the offering that you sent me. He's also writing to encourage them in the faith. He's saying, keep doing this thing called spending time with Jesus. Keep doing this thing in the Christian faith. Keep, keep going. He's like, you can do it. And then the other thing was, he wanted to warn them against false teachers. So he's writing this letter, but catch this. He's writing this letter while he's in prison. 
And so I don't know if any of you have been to prison, but it's not the most fun thing to be writing a letter about like encouraging people while you're in prison. He was chained to a Roman soldier 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he's sitting here saying, wow, I love you guys, you are doing amazing. So just like, kind of, I wanted you guys to like submerge yourself into his, his life, his shoes. Put yourself in that situation. All of you introverts out there who are like, I need to be with nobody you're chained to someone now, so <laughs> that would be hard. Um, I also wanted to preface, there's two concepts in here. I mean, we're talking a lot about joy, but there's also the concept of happiness, and there is a very big difference between the two. So happiness is more of like a, a happy life circumstance, an experience that you have that's positive, a moment, a memory that you have that was good. And typically, happiness doesn't involve like bad things. It doesn't involve hardship or heartache or um, yeah, bad things. It's like puppies and new babies and birthday parties if you're into that and like bouncy houses and funnel cake, that kind of stuff. Like that's happy, but joy is all dependent on where Jesus is. So joy is more of like where where the Lord is, there's joy. So you could still find joy in pain, in suffering, in heartache, in dark times, even if you like are dealing with depression, like there's still joy in that. Um, So just to give you the difference between the two, that the Lord, the Lord, like joy comes with the Lord. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to read and then we're going to jump in. So Heavenly Father, thank you for today. God, I thank you that we get to have service today, that the snow wasn't too bad. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you have brought your sons and daughters, my brothers and sisters, into this room to hear the word of the Lord, to be reminded, God, that we are not in this life alone, that we have people to do this with. God, thank you for joy being in the midst of suffering and pain and darkness. And I thank you that we get to know you as God, as our Father, as our Creator, and as our Sustainer. Jesus, I ask that today you would realign our hearts, our minds, our thoughts on you. And though we may be thinking about how can I get out of this or I gotta go home and do homework, Jesus, I pray that we would pause all the things that are coursing through our mind and that we would be able to just sit with you, to receive from you, Lord, to hear your words. So Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight and would they be your words and not my own. So come Holy Spirit and have your way in your name, amen. Okay, I'm gonna read this, it's on the screen. This is verse three through six where, It's after Paul is talking about like, thank you for who you are. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So he's, like I said, in prison, chained to a Roman soldier, and he is saying, I'm remembering you, and in every prayer of mine, there is joy. And, and he finds joy because there's a partnership. If, I don't know about you, who has social media? Whether that's like Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, 
Snapchat, what else do you use? Raise them high, come on. Almost all of you in here. Almost all of you, not all of you. But we like to share our lives. I mean, I posted about my weekend in Arizona, and as I'm posting, I'm seeing all these people post about International Women's Day. Um, Relax, (laughs) relax, (laughs) Um, it's fine. But guys, he's saying like, I wanna share in this life with you, so brothers and sisters, he's like, I'm praying for you. And what's cool is like, in the midst of his prayers, there's joy. When, When was the last time you prayed with joy? I know a lot of times I find myself praying, which is not a bad thing, but I'm like, Lord, help me, save me. Like, restore me. I'm, I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm angry, I'm grumpy. I, I do get grumpy. Um, <laughs> that's why I need to hear this message. Um, but like, he, he's like, in the midst of this, in praying for you, there's joy. And what I love is, well, the first point is that there's joy in community. And we see in Paul, like the joy that comes out of this is because he's praying for people who are walking along this faith with him, even though he's not with them physically, they're with each other in relationship with Christ. Does that make sense? Good, no one, no one said anything, got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, you guys are awesome. Just so you know that. Um, thank you. How many of you guys have good friends? Like quality friends. Chandler, not even one? Okay, come on Haley. I know you have a friend. Okay guys, he's, he's saying like there's, there's, there's spiritual partners is kind of how this is. And partner's like kind of a weird word in my mind, like spiritual friends. Do you guys have maybe spiritual friends? Maybe instead of saying good friends, do you guys have spiritual friends, people who are encouraging you in the, in the Lord, people who are praying with you and praying for you? I feel like I had this, but I didn't cherish it. I had this in middle school and high school, but I really wasn't like, these are gonna be my lifelong friends. And I was just like, this is fun in the moment. And I also kind of ditched my really good friends for my cool friends for a time in my life. Um, Ashley, if you're ever listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like straight up the friend I went to see in Arizona, there was a time we weren't really good friends because I left to go be cool for a little bit of time. And, and that wasn't cool. Like what I thought was cool wasn't actually cool. So when he's talking about like spiritual partners, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, he's not just saying people that he looks up to, that he wants to follow trends with, that he's trying to be cool with and do all the fun things with. He's saying like people that are praying with him, people that are encouraging him, people that he's praying with and encouraging, people that know the Lord and push him back to the Lord. And that, that's like what's kept almost like, honestly kept me in this like vein of, I wanna honor the Lord, but I also have friends who keep me accountable because if I didn't have those friends, I'd be, I don't know where I'd be, off the rails. But you have a faithful, like your spiritual partners can be faithful followers and faithful friends. And so they have a relationship with Christ and you guys have a relationship together because of who Christ is. And so those relationships are reciprocated. So I'm giving you a little bit of friendship advice. If you have friends that are not like that, like be that to them, or you need to maybe find some different friends. And that was a little nugget of advice from my life because it's worth having those friends that are spiritual partners in life versus what's cool and what's fancy and what gets you like 
I don't know, likes on Instagram. I kid you not, people probably say that all the time, but it's true. So all that to say is there's joy in community. And then he also goes to say is he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, when I read this, and I've read this so many times, it talks about he who began a good work in you. What does that mean? It means that the second that seed is planted, the second we say, Lord, will you be the Lord of my life? Commonly known as Jesus, will you come into my heart? Which fun fact, it's not how that works. <laughs> it's just, will you be the Lord of my life? He's saying that's where the good work starts. And so when it says, I'll bring that to completion, it means that work of sanctification, which is becoming holy, that refinement and what friends do and what the Holy Spirit does is we continue to refine one another. The Holy Spirit continues to remove the things that are not of the Lord in us and replace that with things that are of the Lord. And so that process of sanctification is semi-painful, um, but it's good. And I was reminded of this when my friend, well, I'll say this. When my brother passed away, it was like a really tough time, really hard, obviously. Um, and when I say there's joy in community, there were times when my friends got together and we just, they like, we had three roommates. You guys probably heard me talk about this. I've had three roommates, Bailey, Caitlin, and Kelsey. And we all like got in one bed together and we were watching this movie and we just like cried together or we laughed together and we prayed together. And that time, I remember being a very painful time, also brought lots of joy and healing because I had good godly women who encouraged me in the faith, who loved me and who poured out like their time and their energy and their prayers for me because they loved me, which was just, it blew my mind, the fact that someone would even love me that much. Um, but then I remember coming home after Johnny passed away. I didn't wanna go home. I was like totally avoiding that space because it was like, you know, when you go back to like familiar and something in your life has changed, it's like, I don't wanna go back to that familiar because everything, everything's different. So it's super uncomfortable. And I remember walking through the door and Bailey was standing there and we were, we were both like, hi, hey. <laughs> it was like super awkward and I didn't know why. And um, she just like walked right up to me and she grabbed my face and she goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I don't know how to help you but I love you and I'm here for you. And we just cried. And it was like, we cried and we hugged and it was beautiful. But in that time of like, ugh, I just felt like I didn't wanna be there. She didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. She straight up just like held my face and said, I wanna be here for you. And that's what a good friend does. A bad friend would just peace out. I don't know, I just had good people. But now we're celebrating her bridal shower. And so like there's hard times and there's good times. She's getting married in June and it's amazing. But in that, like I wanna say like joy is in community because Jesus is in community. If you guys know, like back in the Old Testament, the place where God was dwelling was in like the tabernacle, was in a temple. Like you went to that place to meet with the Lord. But now in the New Testament, because of Jesus' death and resurrection and then him leaving the Holy Spirit in us, we are now that temple. The, the Lord, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And so if God is joy and he dwells within us, there is joy in this community. Um, but we, I'm gonna go on to the next point where there's joy in suffering. 
And this is like, ugh, I don't like this because I know that a lot of you guys are walking through some hard times, whether that is mental health stuff, um, sexual identity stuff, whether that's a parent being deployed or parents going through divorce or there's loneliness and like the list can go on and on and on. And I, I know that, I don't know what you're all going through, but I know there's suffering. And I, I guess this time in your lives, okay, wait, <laughs> because all my roommates were elementary school and middle school teachers, they'll tell me all these crazy stories. Like when I was in high school, we didn't do the stuff that you guys and in middle school are doing, like with, with the drugs and the drinking and the driving. And I was like, I was like, people do that in middle school? And, and they were like, oh yeah, that's normal. And it just like blew my mind. But it just like, it's crazy to me, like the things that you guys are walking through even like post COVID, no one's ever had to walk through before. Like you are in such a difficult, weird, hard time. And I want to acknowledge that, but I want you also to know that God has put you in this place with these people in this season of life, in this year of life for a reason. And I want you to hold on to that. And so as Paul is chilling under house arrest, he is chained to a Roman soldier and he is awaiting his life or death sentence. He is awaiting this time. He uses this time to pray and to write. And out of this time, we get the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And he uses these books to teach, to encourage, to remind the people of God to keep going, to... Um, to direct them, to give them direction to, like think about this time, Jesus was like a new concept. We've known like the Old Testament and the New Testament, we get to study this book now, but back in their time, they knew like a little bit. They, they knew like a droplet of what we can see now in like this big picture of like the big God story. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna teach you about who Jesus is. And our, and our goal here is to advance the gospel. So he's like, in this time, which little did he know, two years later, he would be, he, he would die. And so all of the things that he did in his two years of imprisonment or his years of two years left on the earth, he used it to preach the gospel from, rum, from one room. How many of you guys in here feel like you might, like you feel like you're in the wrong school or you were even placed in the wrong family, or you're like, what am I even doing here? I really wanna see your hands. Like how many of you felt like, I just am not in the right spot in my life? Okay, cool. I have, I have felt that for like so many, so many times in my life. I'm like, is this the right like school for me? Is this the right education path for me? Is this the right friend group for me? And all these things, and every single time that I've questioned that, I felt like the Lord's been like these, these people are the people you are to love, you are to minister to, you are to encourage and pray for. And the investment in that has made me who I am today as a follower of Christ. Um, but in suffering, can you guys raise your hands again? How many of you have suffered? Like suffering is like gone through a hard time. All of you. Um, yeah, literally all of you. <laughs> um, when I would get in trouble, 
I would go, my mom would send me to my room. My mom's not here today, I wish she was, but she would send me to my room after I would throw a fit or something. And she'd send me there so that I could like figure my life out, fix my attitude. Anyone's been there? I was a mess as a kid. Like they call me Queen Dramadala. And um, my dad called me Trouble. He tried to convince me that my middle name was Trouble, either way. Um, but my mom would send me to my room and I would be, I was supposed to be like thinking of my thoughts and fixing my attitude, but I would be so angry. I would rearrange my entire room. Like, like I had, man. Ooh. I don't, know, I don't know if I was that strong, but I had this like bunk bed that was this mass, like a bed was on top and then two like side desks and then drawers and then a bed underneath. And I moved the whole thing and my dresser, it was th like thick. I don't know how I moved it, but I did. And my mom would walk up there and be like, what is happening? Like the goal for me was to like sit and contemplate and come down like super apologetic, but I didn't use my time the way that my mom wanted me to. And if I used it wisely, like it, I probably wouldn't have had like anger issues or frustrating issues and and this is what Paul's saying he's like what time are you what are the how are you using your time right now are you using your time just to like get through school just to get through this season get through this next test get through this next relationship like what are you using your time for because I feel like you're just trying to make it to the next thing instead of being present and asking the Lord what do you have for me in this time like the, the, the guys who are going to Nicaragua, we're asking the Lord, like, what do you have for us in this time? We have a week, God. We have a week. And we wanna use that to bring glory to your name, to teach people about who you are. We're asking him, how can you use us? And so there, we see that there is joy and suffering. And um, I remember a time in when was it, in college that I was like completely broke. I've probably also shared this with you, but I was completely broke. I had zero dollars in my bank account and I came home for Christmas and I, was, I had no jobs to do. I was just like, I needed to get back to Kansas where I was going to school. And I had like, I went to fill up my gas tank and it, it was cheaper back then, but still when you have zero dollars, 0, 0.00 in your bank account, like there's no making it anywhere. And that week, um, I had a week here for winter break and I got offered two like just small jobs. And then I, my friend's dad sent me this thousand dollar check in the mail because he loved me, which was like crazy to me. Um, talk about generosity, but he was like, even in this time where you feel like you have nothing, know that like, the Lord is fighting for you and know that like there is joy even in these hard times. Because like, I don't know, some of you might be preparing to go to college. Some of you may be like families struggling financially, but when you have like no money and no like backup plan, it's a really hard place to be. It is a very difficult, very uncomfortable, very like dependent on the Lord place to be. So in the midst of suffering, in the midst of hard times, Jesus is there and he walks with us. And in, in um, Psalm 23, it talks about even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. And here's the thing, I've had this little epiphany 
I've been reading this book that's like totally changed my view of what the valley looks like. Like the valley is, it says valley of the shadow of death. So when you're thinking about this valley, I'm thinking like Lion King, like dry desert rocks, water, what are they, water buffalo? What runs through there? Bison? I don't know what animal like tramples through there, but I'm thinking like that is the valley of the shadow of death or like that dry bones area where there's like, what are they, elephant bones? Yeah, elephant graveyard. That's, oh, that, that to me is like, you're alone, it's dark, it's dry, there's, there's nothing there. But I, the Lord's like been showing me that it's, it's not that nothing's there, it's that he removes every distraction from what's in front of us, whether it's family, friends, school, finances, decisions, he removes every distraction and he, he pretty much gets us alone with him so he can teach us that we are completely and utterly dependent on him. And what he does is like as the darkness covers us and as we feel like all of the weight of life is pressing in on us, he stops it and he prepares this table before us. And I don't know about you, but if you ever feel like anxious, most of the time you either overeat or you don't eat at all. Um, and I, I do both, but I'm imagining like if there's this beautiful table, I'm not trying to sit down and have like a one-on-one meal. I'm like millions of things going in my mind, but the Lord pauses our minds and he's like, sit with me and commune with me and let's, let's, let's do this together. And so in the midst of suffering, in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, it's not like we're alone. It's really the Lord saying like, look at me and let's do this together, right? Thank you. Okay, so then our last part is um, Philippians 1, 21 through 24, where it says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. And okay, I I lived in San Diego for a summer and this one of the guys did this little devo on for me to live and yeah, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I was like, this makes no sense to me whatsoever. It, it literally, I don't know if it doesn't make sense to you, but it was like, this does not make sense to me because to live is Christ. What does that mean? But he says that I never continued reading on until probably this week. And I was like, oh, to live is to, in the flesh, be ambassadors of the truth, to preach the good news, the gospel, to be image bearers of Christ and to go be obedient to the word of the Lord and to advance the gospel and to die is to be with Jesus. Now, my, my friend's aunt, actually, I heard this story this weekend where my friend's aunt, her name's Marsha, was in a car accident. And um, a lot of you guys know what black ice is, where it's just like the road looks normal, but it really is just so slippery and icy. And she's driving down the highway with her husband and all of a sudden they hit black ice and they just start spinning and spinning and spinning. And her husband is over there like, please don't let it hurt, please let it be instant. Just like asking the Lord, like, I just wanna go, like, don't, don't let it be painful. He's, or he's like, let me live. He just is like crying out, crying out, crying out. And all she's doing 
is holding her hands out with her eyes closed. She's like, like ready to receive God. And they hit a tree, neither of them died and the car was completely mangled. She broke her neck, like back, sternum, arms, like, like their bodies were so broken. And she looks over at her husband and she goes, dang it. <laughs> dang it. <laughs> she, she was like, like in my mind, I would be her husband who's like, please God, don't let it hurt. Like we're going down. There's nothing I can do right now, but I don't know, take me or leave me, but I don't know what it is. Just don't let it hurt. And she's standing, sitting there. Like, I don't know how many times the car's been, but for her to even think like, okay, Lord, like I'm ready, I want you. She has her hands out, not bracing herself, not like pulling, at, I don't know, I'd be like, like, hold me now. I don't know what it is. Like, get, I don't know, something to hold on to. And she just has her hands out here, spinning in the car. And then they hit this tree, the smallest tree in the tree grove, which probably is a good thing. Um, but I, I typically would be the husband in the sense that like, I would want to just like, I don't know, I would want to be safe. I would, want to, I would not want to feel it. And she's like, Lord, I know where I would go when I spend eternity with you. I know that will be painless and it will be perfect and it will be wonderful. And she's saying like, to die is gain, but the Lord spared her life. And now she gets to live preaching the gospel. She leads a marriage group. She, she preaches the word. She teaches people about who God is and having that opportunity is such a beautiful opportunity to live in the flesh in the sense of living a life alive for the Lord, being an image bearer of God. And that's just like a, such a selfless thing. And now a lot of you guys are like, yes, I know this. <laughs> like there's joy in suffering, there's joy in community. Um, but I also wanna propose to you the idea that there's joy in knowing Christ. There's joy in knowing Christ. And I say that because sometimes I'm like, there's, like it could be so boring, <laughs> but knowing Christ is not boring. Like life could be so mundane. You're trying to get through each day at school. You're trying to figure out what college you're going to. You're trying to do X, Y, and Z. And you're just so focused on me, on like what's going on in this crazy world. And it's like, why, why is this all happening? This isn't fun. This isn't fun for us, especially in the midst of suffering. But when we know Christ and we know who he is, as our Father, we know who He is as our Lord. Like it makes it so much joyful. We could have the worship team come back up. Um, but I love, I'm all about practical steps where yes, there's nothing you can do for the Lord to love you, but there are practical things that we can do to know Christ, to know um, why, like who Jesus even is and why he came to this earth. So I wanted to give you guys just a couple practical steps. Um, I have a few challenges for you too, that during this, this next, we'll do a four week series in Philippians. So over the next four weeks, I encourage you guys to read this book. There's four chapters, it's really short. It's just a couple pages to read this. Um, and my encouragement is to get in the word, to study the word so that when we can enjoy Christ so that we can enjoy community, so that we can find joy in the suffering. And so we'll know God through this. But I wanted to propose that um, if you don't know who the person of Jesus is, 
You can, read, you can read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the Gospels, but you could read John to start out um, what book to read. And if you wanna know like why he came, why Jesus came to this earth, I would encourage you to read the book of Romans. That one is a hefty book. Am I right, Pastor Victor? It's so, it's so good. That book is like deep, a deep well, as all these books are. But if you wanna know how God is a righteous God and how we as humans like are trapped in sin and guilt and shame. And then Jesus came and he, he pulled us out of that pit and he gave us a new name. He gave us a life of freedom. He gave us the spirit to walk in. And, and it even shares how Jesus became, he came and became who we are so that we could become who he is. Like Jesus came to this earth to take on and to become who we are and what we do so that we could become who he is. And we don't have to live in sin and shame and guilt anymore. And then lastly, reading, you can read all of Hebrews, but one and two, the challenge is to stay faithful. The challenge is to know Jesus, to live like Jesus to be morally flawless. And I'm not saying you're ever gonna be perfect. Hear me when I say that. Zach Alvey actually said this during our missions meeting. He's like, this system has set us up to think that we have to have it right every single time and that we can't fail. Carson says that to me all the time. I, we go rock climbing and um, I do not like doing a route that I can't do the first time. And Carson's like, you quit after you fail the first time. And that challenges me because if we quit every single time we failed, we would quit in life. We wouldn't wanna keep going in life. And so he's saying like, keep, keep going. Fix your eyes on the Lord because we're not gonna get it right the first time or the second time or the third time, but there is a God who got it right the first time and he dwells within us. If there's anything you guys take away from today is that Jesus came to live within you, to make you holy so that he could spend eternity with you. Does that make sense? He spent like time on this earth so that we could learn the person of Jesus, so that we could live like the person of Jesus, so we could walk and share this gift of Jesus with the people, the people who don't know him. In Nicaragua, we'll be going to this jungle town where lots of them haven't heard the name of Jesus. When I was in San Diego, there were some um, Chinese exchange students who never even heard that name before. And in my mind, I was like, you, like, you don't know like what a God is? Like a, de like a God? And they, they were like, what is that? Like they didn't understand the concept. People on this earth today and so our challenge is to know Jesus and to make his name known. If you're ever struggling with what's my purpose in life, know Jesus and make his name known. If you're ever struggling, if you have a purpose in life, if you're supposed to be here, you do. And it's to know Jesus and to make his name known. And you can do that in so many different ways. So the invitation is to invest in community to invite people into doing community and life with you, to find your spiritual partners, your spiritual friends who walk with the Lord, who know the Lord, who will pray with you and partner with you. People who will persevere with you through the valley of the shadow of death and people who will push you back to the Lord. 
And so if you guys actually wanna come up front to worship, I'm gonna close with this, a challenge. To ask the Lord to seek your heart and know you. To ask the Lord is, are you, do you look like Jesus? And I'm not saying look in the mirror and look on your social media, but like, does your heart look like the heart of Jesus? And if it doesn't, ask Him, how can we change that? How can we change that? We will constantly be in this process, but it just starts with asking, Lord, will you search my heart and will you know me? And will you make me more like you each day? Sound good? Okay, we're gonna worship and I'm gonna bless you, but you guys are awesome. And I just, I really do wanna encourage you that this walk with the Lord, there's a joy in that. And there's a hope that's found in that, amen? Okay, cool. Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.